Hello friends. Today, as we are approaching final results of US presidential elections and US electoral cycle, we would like to bring a special, a special topic for you. Just looking at how Europe reacts to those elections, to this uncertainty, and in general, how Europe and the world beyond the US is obsessed with those elections, um, I'm just wondering, why does it even matter? Uh, why does it even matter for Europeans who Americans elect? Um, because it all comes down to the questions whether we as Europeans believe in our own projects, we always look up to some bigger country, some bigger hegemon, will be China, Russia or the US. Um, and in this context, I guess it's just very important to bring this European perspective to all of the to, to these issues and just to the topic of US presidential elections. So stay tuned, subscribe, and as always, enjoy our episodes. listeners um, hi and I guess uh, we record this episode after notorious US presidential elections and <laughs> yeah I, I haven't had an entire night of sleep since yeah four days ago yeah we can <laughs> probably congratulate Biden already because it's kind of obvious that he has won yep uh, let's see how it's gonna be with the uh, Trump uh, well his lawsuits and whatever because I mean he should should have already announced you know kind of yeah i lost this kind of thingy but yeah i cannot imagine him giving a concession speech to be honest yeah but uh now what interests me and you know from this european perspective uh, and this, you know i read a lot of like german news and american elections like everywhere if you just open any source i've never seen such a big media attention in europe to anything else but you know just american elections i guess people now know yeah. nevada wisconsin florida swing states you know pennsylvania they all know they all count they all like push you know create memes about uh, uh this poll workers in where it <laughs> takes them a while nevada or, or some other state um yeah and i'm just i was just like wondering oh, why uh, are we so concerned, you know, as Europeans about um, these elections? Not, I mean, of course, there is general curiosity, and it's important elections anyway. But in terms of it's like, important this, for the entire world. Yeah, in terms of like this obsession, especially it feels it feels like very clearly in Germany, and moreover, the German like uh, defense minister AKK. She she gave a couple of speeches and announcements, uh, kind of saying that you know uh, our alliance with the US is uh, very important, and we still kind of trying, to, you know, she tried to assure like Germany that we should still keep, you know stick to America, and we're not really kind of independent. It sounded like this, you know, we're still in this alliance, and uh, it's super important for us. Yeah, on the other hand, for example, like, you know, French uh, ministers, uh, I don't remember, like, finance minister or something he said, 
it doesn't really matter because you know uh, it's it's a trend that the US is kind of hostile to Europe uh, in some cases. So why should we care? You know, we should work on our own future. Yeah, but I guess if you want to explain this interest in Germany, uh, I think you need to basically look at the modern history of Germany. Modern yeah. Germany was built on an alliance with the US. Yeah. And the prosperity that the Ger Germans were able to achieve after huge destruction after World War II was thanks to US financial aid and thanks to the fact that the United States provided defense. Yeah. So, you know, when when the US was paying basically to defend Germany, Germans could invest in developing their economy and, mm -hmm. you know, infrastructure, etc. Now they're the strongest economy in Europe. And um, I guess people still remember that they wouldn't be able to uh, to do this without the US. Uh, well, now Germany is self-sufficient. I think they could do without the US, especially, you know, well, they are a member of the EU, so mm -hmm. they could substitute the US with the EU. But still, you know, this would mean increased, increased spending on defense, which, you know, is costly. Um, yeah, I think it's this historical context that's important here. Yeah, uh, that's, of course, historical context like, matters a lot. Um, but what I think, you know, in this new kind of century, in this new what kind of challenges that we all face as Europeans, uh, we don't like, I, I don't actually see, you know, the US is so, you know, first of all, so involved in Europe anymore. Of course, it provides like, guarantees from, let's say, Russia. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, um, the vision of future for like the US and Europe looks like it goes other directions, you know, in terms of like climate policy and almost, I guess, everything like data protection, even like those small things uh, that, you know, are so important just for individuals. It looks like US is completely in the opposite direction and it has its own kind of path of development. And I think Europe has own, its own path of development. And of course, for me, you know, it's when Europe finally become self-sufficient, it will be independent from the US in all, all, yeah. in all ways. Yeah, that's true. I completely agree with you that, you know, the paths of America and Europe, you know, were in different ways. But wouldn't you say that it was because of Trump's presidency? Uh, for example, in terms of climate policy, uh, Biden is very big on climate and he's talk he talks a lot about climate change and the Green New Deal mm -hmm. in, his, uh, in the presidential race, so maybe you know, the path of the US will come a bit closer to the European one. But, you know, even even during Obama, they stopped this idea about transatlantic um, like customs union or something, you know, because mm -hmm. something went wrong. And I don't think, I think Trump is a symptom, but first of all, you can have Trumps in the future. It's, it's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, he still has a base and uh, he can, like, he can increase his base in the future, not saying he's gonna run in the future, but someone like him can definitely uh, harbor, harbor like these ideas and present it to the public. Uh, and it just feels... Yeah, I remember... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, just you can... You can, uh, you can add. Um, I watched an interview with Bernie Sanders yesterday, who was, of course, very happy to see Biden win. And what he said is that... Um, um, Trump has a huge base because U.S. governments, many U.S. governments, they neglected the working class at all, which made them frustrated and, you mm. know, made them hate the establishment. And that's why Trump has a base. And Sanders said that now, if we, you know, take more care of the working class, we'll basically 
uh, take the Trump's base away uh, from him. So who knows? Maybe maybe he's right. Yeah, um, but I, I just also feel in terms of like people shouldn't look at the U.S. as you know example of uh, some as a beacon of democracy actually because. Um, there's so many reports even about elections if you just you know if the US wants to enter like the elite club of top democracies huge like the US wouldn't get there because there's so many problems um, even on the like this basic level and uh, in terms of the polling queues and it's just like the whole organizational process is not so democratic as it you know people think so I guess people tend to think it's democratic and I think that's why it's so important to you, like for Europeans, just to concentrate on their own project because I think European Union has way more perspective for the future. And if the U.S. back in the past, you can definitely say the, like the United States was a brilliant political project, you know, back in you know, 18th, 19th, even 20th century. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess before you know Soviet Union uh, emerges a new kind of political, big political project. Um, but now I think it's like the most uh, crucial project for the future of humanity is the European Union because it shows how different nations can work together, how they can be united and um, work towards kind of common goals. Um, and it just feels it's way more important and like people, I mean, people don't follow usually European politics at all. Like, yeah, that's that's true. Even though they live in the, I mean, even though like Europeans pay European Union to to, to make like to do their job, um, and but you know the European project. What's ironic is I guess it will be very similar to the United States of America. Uh, you will need to have a if you want to you know further unify Europe. You will need to have a federal system, and you, again, I have the question: Should the countries be represented based on, you know, just their, just the fact that they are a separate countries? Should they be represented according to their population? You have the same, you know, problems to solve again. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely feels. Uh, at least they have a vision. There will be a lot of disruptions on the path, and it's not easy. I guess you know, it's not easy to build. Uh, this project it wasn't easy to build the US you know taking civil no, war definitely not. and all this uh, black uh, slavery issues and but I mean they still pulled it off and the problem is I mean I don't think it just it's just uh, actually European thinking maybe like French people think differently but you know in, t in terms of Germany you definitely see this kind of uh, reliance on the US in so many aspects and that kind of makes me question what, what's so important now for like modern Germany, what's so important, like why the US is actually important for German government. Um, well, I, I guess the US is their biggest trade partner, that's the most important thing. When you look, uh, I, I've, I've seen a very interesting map that uh, showed which country, uh, basically a map of Europe and showed the biggest trade mm -hmm. partners of every country. Basically, every country in the EU, their biggest trade partner is Germany, and Germany's biggest trade partner is the United States. Mm. Yeah, that's, that explains things. But what I, what I want to linger on is more like this, um, um, not like, uh, not independently. They don't like Germany doesn't possess this independent thinking in some sort of way. You know, they try to assure themselves that they still belong to the same kind of institutional alliance like NATO, this paradigm, 
And I also think it brings a lot of problems with Russia, actually, because if you just, you know, take out the US out of equation and if we had like a just strong European army um, without the US, or like with the minimum US support probably, it would kind of probably solve, or not solve, but it would be easier to communicate between Russians and Europeans because they just understand each other way better. And yeah, definitely. And I guess you can see that France is a big, you know, supporter of this idea of uh, making Europe more self-sufficient in terms of defense and foreign policy. Yeah. Um, Germany, I think, as well, especially how, how they cooperate with France. But I wonder where do different countries in the EU stand on, on this topic, you know? Yeah. Like some countries that we don't always consider too much, like, you know, Spain or, I don't know, uh, Italy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I guess it heavily depends on... The, on on kind of cooperation, on kind of what cooperation. I guess it, it's also it's also the question of you know European Union and visa European Union and American ties, but also individual ties or individual nations with the US. And with Europe, it's more like this individual bond, as you as you mentioned earlier, historical bond. Yeah. But I just want to like you know discuss uh, how it can turn out in the future in terms of. Yes, uh, like now we got these elections, we get Biden, there will be uh, some sort of cooperation. I'm afraid it can be a, a anti-Russian cooperation, which I think can deteriorate situation in the Baltics. And uh, I just I just don't feel um, that, you know, to pressure Russia even more is a good idea uh -huh. because it will just unite with China and try to bring harm to Europeans and it can. Yeah, I get you can see that uh, members of the EU aren't so enthusiastic about, you know, antagonizing Russia, especially Macron uh, and the Germans with their, you know, Nord Stream 2 projects. They want to have Russia cl a bit closer than the US. So maybe that we will see some tensions between Biden administration and the EU in terms of foreign policy towards Russia. Yeah, I guess it will be very, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I guess, have we covered everything, or...? Uh, I guess in this topic, yeah, it's a bit, you know, short uh, episode, because just, you know, one yeah, uh, one topic to discuss. But, um, yeah, it's just super interesting to see the future of the, you know, transatlantic relations after uh, Biden wins, because with Trump, everybody, you know, Everybody was saying, yeah, the relations are deteriorating and well, now we have, we will have a different president, but the question is, will something change? Yeah. And I mean, my answer would be, it won't change a lot. I mean, even during Obama, American pol like, policy already was a little bit, um, not exhibitionist, but necessarily, but it definitely wasn't super pro-European. I mean, and it shouldn't be, um, because... You know, the US can also kind of fear European project in a certain way. It maybe doesn't really yeah. want to, doesn't really want a very strong euro because then, again, it uh, counterbalances its own power in the region. Well, divide and conquer, right? Yeah. It's better to have many small states under your rule than one huge one. Divide and conquer. That's right. So, thanks for listening to us. Uh, subscribe. As always to you know, platforms 
uh, you are listening to us and rate us and recommend friends and check out other episodes and see you. See ya.